1: With us, we have Dr. Russ McCullough, the founder of the Gourney Institute and Wayne Angel Chair of Economics. We have Dr. Justin Clark, the Bernard family professor of philosophy and ethics. We have Dr. Peter Jacobson, the Gourney professor of economic education and research. And finally, graduate assistant elect, Lawson Mellon. All right, so
0: we're heavy into the NFL season now. A lot of entertaining stuff going on there. And Dr. Jacobson thinks it's no better than the WWE in terms of its... uh, performance and entertainment value. So he's going to try to persuade us that uh wrestling and NFL and maybe some other sports in fact have some sort of connection there.
2: What were you thinking, Peter? Well I think the NFL would be lucky to be as entertaining as the WWE. We'll start off with that. <laughs> uh, so, so take a take this on that. Uh, But no, I wanted to, this is something, a realization that came over me uh, while I was teaching a sports economics class last year, and we were talking about things like competitive balance. But before we get into that, uh, we should explain to the folks at home uh, what the WWE is, because people who don't watch the WWE probably Well wait a
0: second. First of all, are you a WWE fan?
2: Do you watch this right now?
0: Tangentially. I don't have TV really, so I can't I
2: I like follow some of the storylines. I more more historically than anything. Yeah, I I did back when in the old days. As a lame academic, I've watched WWE.
0: And every once in a while I kind of flip the channels and I see it and I start watching it and then my wife comes in and we have to change it. I like the idea of the WWE. I
1: I, do. too. I'm a WWE supporter. We're talking about
3: professional wrestling. Yes. People people who don't know. What The WB, WWE, yeah, is. back to my yeah, wrestling. Then,
0: uh, uh, I don't know what the e is. uh, <laughs> honestly, I think it might be entertainment, yeah. Entertainment. yeah. I think
1: why entertainment, yeah,
0: oh. Oh, it, okay. it used to have it used to have more of the uh, it's wrestling entertainment, I think. So the the other old acronym had more of it being more sports. But-
2: are you a wrestling fan? You strike me as someone who could be a wrestling fan, given you eat raw eggs, is your entire diet. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, I,
3: I think I watched it maybe a little bit when i was a kid um or like junior high ish. sure um my dad used to love but uh, <laughs> he used to think it was so funny um and so i remember watching it with him when i was in junior high but even then it was like we felt like we were watching it ironically yes you know? um,
2: yeah i think th- i think a lot of fans and that has to be how you watch it so yeah. to explain to the folks at home what it is professional wrestling uh, someone would be pretty quick to tell you, spoiler alert, is not real wrestling. It's not like high school wrestling where like there's two people to go to the mat and they compete to like get points for ultimate fighting.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, I really
2: enjoyed that. That's a that's that's maybe maybe not real either. But let's go explore these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the WWE is like pretty famously that now they never say they're fake, but everybody knows and they're not trying to hide it either. That it's basically a soap opera. That's what you're watching. It's a soap opera about wrestling. And so their main characters who will come out and like like soap operas that like come back from the dead, like people will die and then like come back or they're like. Be someone else under a mask and like crazy things like this will happen like you see in a soap opera
0: and I don't want to go too far without saying these guys are and gals uh, are very athletic. Yes, they really do get hurt. Yes, they are really performing so it's not fake in the sense that it's staged, uh, you know. The
2: pain and stuff. Yeah, they really do get hurt. Or, for for example, so well, some of it can be
0: somewhat vague. Let let me kind of summarize
2: Uh, with one of the major storylines that happened early in WWE when it got really popular, when it was still competing for its spot. Uh, there was this uh, wrestler named Mankind and he was kind of like this ugly guy and he wasn't very strong looking either. He kind of had the dad bod thing going on (laughs) Uh, and he was supposed to be hated. That's how he started. It's like everyone would boo when he would come on. He was this guy that nobody liked or whatever. Uh, But what ended up happening is the president who also, Vince McMahon, by the way, the president of the WWE would like come out and it like they would intentionally leak to the audience that they were staging these fights and so like the president's men would run on stage and like knock people out for the other fighters so they could like fix the the matches <laughs> and so the president vince mcmahon started like actively trying to stop mankind's and i think he at the time i don't remember for sure but i think it was my maybe even like dwayne the rock johnson was like his main stooge or something like that i might be getting things backwards here <laughs> uh but what ended up happening is the crowd really started to rally around this mankind guy who actually liked the guy who uh r- literally fell off the cage and like broke several ribs. And that's how he got really popular. It's like oh uh, he got back up again. People really rallied around him, and he eventually he became the champion. And there's like great videos about there of Vince be like, no, not him, not him. Like a set about his uh, brand ending. And so, you know, real person actually got hurt. The stunts are real or whatever. Uh, but this is also actually a storyline that's happening. Like, he was always going to win. Vince McMahon wasn't actually trying to stop him from rising the, to the top. In fact, Vince McMahon trying to stop him, uh, quote-unquote, is actually part of the storyline, right? Yeah, there so. were staging that it was staged. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a different – it's a meta level. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that's right. That's exactly right. And so they're, they're almost, like, poking fun at themselves, uh, but not, too, at the same time. And so that's the WWE. Uh, and so you might think, well – is the wwe a sport this is a question that you could ask and i think most people would say probably no right like that there's an athletic component involved but it's not a sport in the sense that football is a sport it's more of a play right like that's maybe the way we could think of it it's a broadway
0: play there there's there's really not uncertainty short of somebody going rogue which has happened also yes Uh, there's been stories of that but otherwise it's planned who's going to be the winner who's going to be the loser but how it plays out and stuff yes so i i think not calling it a sport is probably correct although then you could get into is cheerleading a sport right and you talk to a lot of cheerleaders and they're going to claim that's a sport well there's not much you know there's athleticism kind of in that same realm so it might be how do we define a sport well,
2: well and, and there's also difficulty in that like for the audience there's uncertainty and so just like in a sport you know you might not know who's going to win the same is true of the WWE it's not like everybody sits down and they're given the scripts for the night yeah uh, and they know how it's going to conclude and so from a spectator perspective it maybe does look a lot like a sport even though it's not and so you know this gets into one of these interesting things Justin mentioned a long time ago on the podcast he said a phrase that kind of stuck with me which is like when you go to a magic show Uh, He's something like this i'm sure this is a slight misquote and justin will hold it against me forever, but when you go to a magic show you don't leave and ask "Do you think he was really do you think it's really magic like is that how he was doing it no like the fun of the magic show is like. The performer is able to make it look real to you and you know it's not and the wwe is kind of the same way right it's it's the performance in that aspect. But there's a certain extent to where yeah. You know, so so the thing is they're artificially pumping in drama in order to make the physical entertainment more exciting, but this happens in every sport. And so this is kind of the interesting insight is in the NFL uh, or in I don't know what the European soccer league is called uh, EPL. Is that it? I don't remember. Uh, the premier league yeah yeah league. i knew it hey <clears> there' <throat> there's lots of drama uh, there sure. you know there's different mechanisms by which drama is added in and so the nfl classically is the draft and so the draft works that basically the worst teams get the best picks luke why is this
1: Oh, because they need to build up their team
2: but why why does the league care why not just let teams be bad
1: Because it's not as profitable to let everyone be bad. And why? Why isn't it as profitable? Because you wouldn't have people buying tickets to see a really bad team. Yeah,
2: nobody wants to watch it, right? So there's this weird thing where you realize, like, in a way, for example, the Vikings and the Packers are competitors. But in a way, they're not. The Packers are not trying to drive the Vikings out of business. (laughs) Like McDonald's is Burger King. In fact, that would be bad for both of the teams because these are like, it's a great rivalry or whatever. And so there's this weird thing where they're not really competitors they're actually kind of working together and all these there's all these tools to make them work together. So there's caps on what you can spend on players rich teams can't just blow other teams out of the water with money. there's the draft which gives the worst teams, the first picks there's all these tools and profit revenue sharing and so teams with really big markets have to give some of their money to teams with small markets so there's all these instruments and the purpose of all of them is let's make this more interesting because if we didn't have them i don't know maybe the patriots would win uh every year instead of every other year uh though that's kind of fallen off a little bit uh or in baseball for example the yankees would win every single year forever because they're the biggest market they could hire the most players uh, on all this and so this is artificially pumping and drama so i ask, what is the difference between this and the wwe isn't this just a matter of degree rather than kind So I think
0: uh, they're maybe closer than we think they are. Um, I agree, I think it's an interesting insight. Um, I think when we think of um, planned systems versus spontaneous order or emergent order that we've talked about in the podcast before, uh, there's more things emerging out of the rules of the game with the NFL than what's, in, than what's coming about with the WWE. So with the script, um, maybe somebody goes off script or something, or so there's a little bit of wiggle room, but there's less wiggle room than what there is in the NFL. With the NFL, I think we have uh short of we uh thinking that there's corruption going on, which I don't think there is, um, we have true uncertainty going into the Sunday afternoon game of who's going to pull it off and, and the things that are going to transpire during the game. So, in that respect, if we think of it being a spectrum of of uh, Orchestrating how things are going to go versus planning, uh, the NFL's further to the letting things happen side. But they're not, but they've moved further towards the plan side, I think is your point, uh, compared to where they were, let's say, 40 years ago.
2: And maybe we could break down the barriers even further. I have a good example. I was thinking of uh, just video games competitively, because we have esports now and a whole it's a whole wide range of video games that people play and compete now, and within those video games, there's a lot of cosmetic value, there's a lot of presentation, and it's almost similar to the WWE in that sense.
3: Yeah. I like to think of it more uh, like similar to the debate about fairness versus equity, right? Um, So when uh, there's a big debate going on in like, uh, you know, social science about whether or not we should be focused on fairness, which is we need to set rules such Mm -hmm. that it treats everybody fairly and then just let things play out versus equity, which is concerned about where people end up, right? That we need to make sure people end up at a certain spot. Um, And the WWE, it seems to me says, all right, well, uh, we'll kind of let things, um, let you play around with how you get there, but we know that this is where things are going to end up at the end of the night, right? Um, So there is some improv going on, but in the WWE, Before the uh, before the the match, whatever even starts, we know how it's going to end right. Figure four leg lock or whatever. (laughs) Uh, um, Whereas in uh, the NFL, um, all the finagling about trying to make things, uh, you know, uh, more competitive or whatever that happens beforehand, and then we just let it play out. And uh, so we're perfectly happy. if, in any particular game, it's a blowout or whatever. Um, and then, uh, so we we don't so much focus on where things end up for any particular game um, as like we do in the
2: WWE. So I have a slight disagreement. I, I think that you've got, and Russ mentioned this too, something right about like the end <laughs> not being completely determined. Let's, let's say that's true for a second, even though I, I'm not certain that it is in all cases. And so I think there's some good like, you know, line breaking cases here. But certainly, uh, I think the NFL is actually interested in getting a particular out from any given season, at least, if not from given games. And so they've done studies on this. And what the NFL has found is that the best revenue from games comes when the the betting odds are 60-40. In other words, if it's a home game and you have a 60% chance of winning, that's when you'll make the most revenue possible on a game because people from the home crowd come and they're pretty sure they're gonna win. uh, So they're kind of motivated and excited to go, but they're not so sure that they know it's gonna be a blowout. And I would argue that the NFL actually is interested and they would want to create rules such as that with the case every single game, they would actually really like that. Now they don't go so far as to literally make the teams somehow have a 60 40 chance uh like they or can. handicap them give a 10 point lead to the underdog at the beginning yeah of the yeah <laughs> there, there's there's nothing like that quite going on but they're also not totally in this idea of well let's make some fair rules to start and then be hands off i think that if we started having like several blowouts a season by one team and this like continued for years and you kind of knew every year who was going to be the super bowl champion i would not be surprised if they started handicapping uh that team in different ways maybe not directly but by changing the rules in a way that disadvantages yeah. and that's them. how it's evolved
0: towards today I think yeah the, the big franchise the big New York and California had the big markets and the big money and and so yeah they could just buy their way and so now salary caps and other things have evolved in just the way you just said I think
2: yeah I think this is maybe what's happening in college football too is Alabama has been like a decade of dominance you <clears> know I mean they haven't won the national championship every year but they're always in contention for it for basically the last decade. And we have this recent change, the whole name, image, yeah. likeness thing. Yeah. What's that? Well, it's the recognition that Nick Saban is so good at recruiting that he's going to win forever if we don't stop him. And how can we, you know, beat the fact that he's good at recruiting? We can let other teams pay players to to not go to Nick Saban now. Right. right? They also Uh, essentially what's going on. Yeah.
1: They also extended the playoff to where give more chances for them to lose.
2: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I I think that that uh, is, is at least a little bit what's going on. Now we are we close to a break, us? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got a cliffhanger. What? Yeah, I think when we come back from the break, I want to talk about boxing because I think on one end we've got WWE, on the other end we've got the NFL, but I actually think closer to the middle of this spectrum are is uh, sports or events like boxing.
0: All right, yeah, and then I want to challenge you a little bit on uh, the free market with competition, the way you phrased it. So we got a sure. challenge coming up, and that we'll be back in just a bit.
2: The Gordon Institute is offering free homeschool economics courses throughout the year in the Ottawa area. In this course we will cover scarcity, uh, supply and demand, and common economic fallacies. If you're interested, contact Peter, Justin, or us today.
3: Ottawa University has an exciting new major, PPE, which stands for philosophy, politics, and economics. Each of these three fields is interesting in their own right but they intersect in ways that are important to understand, both individually and for your community. If you find philosophy fascinating, but want to make sure that your study of the subject is practical, if you enjoy economic analysis, but want to see how economic laws interact with moral principles, if you are interested in politics, but want to explore how economic and ethical realities constrain our political choices, you should consider the PPE program at Ottawa
0: University. Faith and Economics in Action here at the Gortney Institute. We have some great high school student programs like PPE Fest coming up in October. This is an event where students get to listen to some world-renowned speakers and participate in a competition geared around philosophy, politics, and economics. Our everyday economics program is just a half day on a Saturday, and we have integrated discussion about common sense economics. We have a college credit microeconomics course that runs every eight weeks. Your high school student can earn college credit for the special price of just $200. If you know of some high school students interested in programs like this, please contact Peter, Justin, or Russ today.
1: If you enjoy our podcast or our events and want to support our work, please consider a one-time or reoccurring donation. Please visit the Gourney Institute page on the Ottawa University website and donate. All right, so we're back.
0: And uh, Peter, you left with a cliffhanger. I had the uh, thing I wanted to poke a a little bit at. Um, Why don't you start us off with your cliffhanger? Sure.
2: So I mentioned boxing. It's not actually exclusive to boxing, but boxing is the most infamous example. Most of us would probably consider boxing to be a sport, even though it's not a very popular sport anymore. Most of us would think of it as a sport, not like a performance. But it happens to be the case that actually a lot of boxing matches we know historically have been determined before the match started. In other words, games have been or matches have been fixed, and this is true in a lot of sports. Actually, there are times where games have been fixed in the NFL. Historically uh, college sports the same way Uh, players will frequently uh, bet on against themselves uh, in games and then drop their performance on purpose. And so, this is kind of a weird thing because if that's the case, and you all are saying, well, the difference between WWE and like the NFL is that the outcome is not determined before the fact. So, in these particular instances, do NFL games stop being sport games and start being performances? Do they cross over into the threshold of the WWE or does boxing, that is infamously very frequently fixed, is that more of a performance or more of a sport? Uh, So I think that that line actually is not as clear as we would like it to be. It's really hard to actually differentiate things that have been determined ahead of time versus not let me just
3: push back on you here you have explicitly said uh well like boxing is a case where we know some fights have been fixed yeah right and then you go and it turns out that in some football games have been fixed too yes where is the line between fixed and not fixed and I go you just drew it you drew the line you said sometimes (laughs) some of these matches are on these side of the lines I'm going yeah and uh is that closer to WWE Yes, that's why people get really angry about it. That's yeah. why nobody bets on the WWE. But this, right. but, this
2: corruption. but the spectators don't know. And yeah. so that that's the interesting thing is that like any given NFL game, according to this definition, we actually don't know if it's a sport or a performance while we're watching it. Now, maybe it's uncommon in the NFL. We there certainly haven't been any recent episodes that have like been found for sure. Uh but still like there's this interesting thing where the things that we watch, the games that we watch, actually might be performances and we don't really know. And it's interesting that that's really fun for the WWE, but you're right, people would be really mad. In fact, even people who don't bet would be really mad if that were the truth in the NFL. And I think that's really interesting that people could be fans of both the New England Patriots and mankind and they're happy uh, when mankind wins because of fixing games. But if they found out that Bill Belichick was fixing games, they'd probably be kind of mad even at their own team for doing that. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think
0: um, boxing, it it is uncommon in boxing for it to be fixed. But that's also why it's boring. So kind of circle back to your room. I, I don't think boxing's a real, you know, it doesn't have a lot of fan support like it used to. Right. That's um because it didn't have the flash and I think that's part of what why wrestling uh became more theatric because yeah it kept people's interest um because I'm I'm a boxing fan but it it can be boring at times when Mm -hmm. somebody's just pounding on somebody round after round
3: I think the reason boxing got less popular is because of the rise of the UFC that's
0: yeah oh for sure that's yeah.
3: what happened is that yeah. uh wrestling was the theatrical one uh boxing was the uh the real like this is the real deal blood sport one and then the UFC ate that right ate that market
0: once again though that that sport evolved because of the boredom issue too um when the UFC first began it was no rules basically put two people in a ring and then they'd have these 30 minute uh basically pinning a guy down and it was kind of boring and then it slowly evolved over time into what we have today which is these 3 minute rounds or five minute rounds i can't remember if it uh maybe for a championship they make them a little longer or something but um all of that is to kind of play towards it being more orchestrated to sure. be more entertaining for them and i want to
2: poke the line a little bit more even yeah. though i i acknowledge on some level it's there like maybe some unobservable level there is the line uh but another example of this is you know what if individual players are trying to throw the game See, this doesn't necessarily determine the outcome because you can have an individual player have a really bad performance, but still win the game. Yeah. That's completely possible. But it does feel, again, more close to this, this fixing thing. And you might say, well, that's that's not so good. But notice changes in rules can do the same thing that an individual player like throwing a game could do. If you made a new rule that limited the quarterback position severely, maybe you made it such that there was no more roughing the passer penalty. Like this would severely limit what quarterbacks could do, you know, how big they would have to be, how many hits they would have to take, all this sort of thing. That would be very a very similar effect to your quarterback just not playing a very good game. And so both changes in rules and individual players throwing performance moves us in the direction of the NFL becoming a performance and away from the direction of a competition at least in effect these appear to be the same thing maybe they're different because of like intentions or something but that's the only reason I could think of them really being different
0: basketball comes to mind for the throwing a game where and in baseball Pete Rose with his gambling wasn't that called into question I think so um because he was at the catcher position which um could have a, a bigger influence than maybe other positions um, and with, uh, with basketball, uh, the theatric parts, you look at the NBA where they change the rules for defense, and that's why we see so many offensive points in the NBA versus college. So um, you're spot on in terms of you know increasing points if that's what fans want to see. And now uh, the sports evolved to become more theatric, which pushes them closer to WWE. But I think we've at least put a line in the sand, I, I think. Have we established a line, uh, Dr. Philosopher? uh yeah i think the line was always there but uh I, th- I think what's
3: interesting um is that you know peter pointed out that well epistemically that is what we know when we watch it we can never quite be sure whether or not it's being uh faked or not but if yeah. we're watching a sporting event which we expect to be a competition where both uh teams or participants are trying to win and we find out that it's faked we get disappointed right if we were watching a competition and it turns out we find out it's actually uh, scripted, that makes us disappointed. Uh, but on the other hand, if we're watching the WWE, which we expect to be scripted, um, and just like we know that some sporting events are scripted, we also know that in some WWE events, uh, people go rogue, right, and actually do fight. Yeah. Uh, so if you find out, on the other hand, that you're watching uh, theater and you and you find out, oh no, they're going off script, that doesn't disappoint you as <laughs> much. Right, <sure>. that, that <laughs> yeah.
0: adds a layer of excitement. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Saturday Night Live comes to mind a little bit on that, where they kind of went, uh, did some things off script. I think that was part of the appeal. Now it's kind of dying, um, but uh, they a scripted
2: event. Yeah, in, but improv some comedy, comedy improv, has the same advantages, yeah, right? Yeah. Where like a really good improv can really blow you away because you know that they're not following the rules. Right. Uh, and like the script maybe can hurt a little bit uh, as far as like a stand-up comedian with a routine. But also, on average, the script is going to give you a more exciting routine than like just you know the the improv, which probably will bomb nine
1: out of ten times. You no. Know? Oh, I was going to mention that since you're talking about basketball, that the uh, the new they changed the All Star game to where it's now based off points instead of based off time because they they're trying to figure out how can we get people to watch the All Star game because they've never had a good amount of people watch an All Star game because it's usually. Uh, yeah one division has all the good players and then they end up winning it's never really close Mm. so then they change it to where there's team captains and the captain gets to pick their players from the people that are voted by the people and then from there it's there's still quarters but once you get down to the fourth quarter it's based off points and so you just keep playing until you get this certain score and then you start getting closer and closer to that score they both get like right next to it and then it's like back and forth for three minutes trying to score and that's how they've been able to make it entertaining, is to add some theatrics to it. You well, know, you mentioned the Harlem Globetrotters. I did mention them too. More to the WWE. Yeah, side. way more to the WWE. Okay. But sure. the I'm talking about the All Star Game is more for yeah. like the boxing, mixing yeah. the two. But yeah, Harlem Globetrotters, that's WWE all the way. Yeah. All right, so I had a little bit of pushback. I can't remember exactly
0: the detail, but you brought up something along the lines of. Um, you know, real businesses uh, competing with each other and not having this cooperative element similar to maybe what the NFL wants mm-hmm. to see others succeed. And I, I, my pushback to that is we see uh, what's called agglomeration economies uh, all over the place where uh, Home Depot and Lowe's uh, locate right next to each other in many towns. Why? Because that both companies gain by having more customers know that they can go to that place for them or fast food restaurants locating a miracle mile for uh, car dealerships multiple dealerships uh, locatings uh, in a particular area uh, because they know that having that um, that brings profits to both of them and i think there's some similarities to that with the nfl that parity in the league will help the owners profit and so behind all of these examples we've been doing i think the profit motive still persists
2: i agree the profit motive persists but i would say i still think there's a fundamental difference between an nfl team and home depot for example in that if you could have an nfl team owner if you could bring them into a room and say if you push this button you will eliminate all other teams in the nfl forever (laughs) they would not push that button if you could bring the home depot owner into the same room he would push the button right? Uh, you, maybe you lose the advantage of having the Lowe's across the street, but everybody's going to know where the Home Depot is if it's the only hardware store in town. Yeah, yeah. Here, But here, so there is still competition going on with the NFL, but the way that I've thought about it is in a way, the NFL, it's separate firms, but it's also the same firm. And so it's kind of like McDonald's where McDonald's has different franchises, uh, but ultimately it's one corporation and the corporation's rules try to benefit each of the individual members the best possible. And so the nfl is kind of like a big corporation and each of the teams is kind of like a franchise of corporation and for the most part you don't compete so there's rarely for example in missouri a few years ago you had the rams and the chiefs uh, as two teams in the state but for the most part it's not like if your team starts doing really badly some people do this but it's kind of rare in the nfl you're not going to migrate to a different team if your team gets beaten by someone else so in a weird way you don't really compete with other nfl teams for revenue for fans It doesn't really happen. What you compete with is like other sports. So that's the NFL's real competition is like, you know, you could have other leagues like the XFL has tried to start up a few different times or the NBA, honestly, is a little bit of a competition for the NFL. Some people choose one big sport. Mm -hmm. And so there is competition. It is profit motive ultimately. And so I agree with that 100%. Uh, The difference, though, I would say is we think of the different teams as competitors, but they're not really business competitors, uh, if, if that makes sense. Let's shift
0: gears a bit and try to reflect on how this relates to maybe religion and faith oriented issues. But I'm thinking more about the church and this could go across among Christian churches or we could even get into other types of religions. But how important does the theatrics play? in conveying the message and then ultimately do things get lost uh in terms of the the real uh word or the real truth that's ultimately trying to be conveyed because um we have uh, let's call them fair weather christians that want to be entertained on sunday more so than other things or maybe that's the the little bait and switch that goes on like hey we're going to entertain you and then little do you know we're going to bring christ into your life too you know, I think there's a certain level of theatrics that go on, um, for, for churches and and maybe needs to go on in some cases. Um, but what do you think of that, Peter? Does that connect to any of your stuff you've been thinking about? Justin, do you have something? Sure. Uh, humans are, uh, essentially
3: storytelling creatures. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a great book by David Mamet called, uh, three uses of the knife where he talks about the three act structure being something that's really central to the way we communicate with each other first this happened then this happened then this other thing happened and he talks about this is actually what we look for you know in a good game even if we're you know if we're a competitor um we you know our idea of the perfect game isn't absolutely beating the hell out of the other team <laughs> it's actually coming from you know coming from behind you know that's our idea of a perfect game even you know right. one we watch yeah um and this actually relates back to both wrestling and i think um religion is that uh you know a lot of people try to dump on wrestling saying that it's you know it's just this, it's fake, it's fake etc but what peter said earlier is 100% true that it is theater and it's theater in like the uh the broadest sense of the term it is uh a script with a three act structure where often people come from behind with the chair you know <laughs> um, and there's this reversal and and um And it really is theater for the masses, right? Yeah.
0: Um,
3: And uh, that's one of the reasons people like it is because it has this structure. And if you look at what's going on in the Bible, a lot of times, um, does, is Jesus giving, you know, does he just give lessons like here's the rules to follow one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine? No. What he does is he tells stories um, that elucidate a moral principle. Um, and I think that's because that's the kind of, that's how we are, uh, that's how we take in information. And so, um, so I think that's a good way to connect all these things is that, uh, this storytelling impulse, and in particular, uh, you know, I'm a fan of mammoth's analysis that uh, the three act structure is really, uh, really basic, um, to the kind of good story. And this is why like a lot of people like can't tell a good joke or something like they don't understand give me the
0: three-act structure again is that
3: uh uh just like the way a good story is told or uh you know um almost any good movie you can say like what's the first act like sets up a problem and then the second act uh things have to get really really bad it comes from
0: behind type of elements that
3: you can't see how this how the problem is going to be solved and in the third act what happens is this problem gets solved in a way uh, that you didn't suspect didn't see coming didn't yeah. see coming but that in hindsight
2: makes perfect sense. yeah star wars right uh, four five and six have, <laughs> no no that's 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 a perfect example episode four is here's our person here's our problem episode five things get really bad Luke gets his arm chopped off the bad guy's his father his friends get captured frozen in carbonite you know like how on earth is he going to fix this and then episode six it's fixed in a way you don't suspect where the big bad guy becomes the hero and he redeems himself so yeah that like any really good movie series uh, tends to follow that three-act structure. That's why the new movies actually weren't that good because they didn't follow that structure. (laughs) It's a different story. Uh, So, yeah, I I think I'd agree with Justin that there's like good pageantry and bad pageantry in the religion. And I think the good pageantry is what Justin was talking about in terms of uh, the storytelling, which it is a part of the practice. And that's not a bad thing. Stories are not bad things you can have people though deceive with stories too and so that's the bad side of pageantry i think we talked in a previous podcast cast about how economics looks at religion sometimes as what's called a meta credence good and so it's a good that you can only evaluate if you've already elected to consume the good and there's no other way to evaluate it you can't like you can't trust reviews very well uh it's not like you can test drive a religion Uh, Most religions it's either you're a member of the religion or you aren't in some religions, so like most mainstream Christianity, if you are a member of that religion, you're actually always a member of the religion right, this is the idea that you can't lose your salvation in Christianity, and so it's sort of like this, yes, no forever thing that you have. Uh, And so, one of the bad things about that, though, is that you can't actually if it's the case that it's an internal thing that happens to you and it changes who you are. Maybe there's some evidence on the outside, but you can't always tell when someone else is a Christian. So the Bible and the Bible they talk about, you can't tell the difference between sheep and goats. These are the two, the sheep are the real followers, the goats are the fake followers. And this is really bad for churches because the Bible also tells you that when people who are in spiritual leadership positions aren't Christians, that it's going to destroy your church or your group of believers. And so if, for example, you had a pastor who wasn't a Christian but was pretending, had the pageantry, of pretending to be a christian that would be a really bad situation for your church because no one can tell and they're going to destroy the church because just by the nature of them not being christian the bible says it's going to lead you astray eventually uh even if they have the bells and whistles it will, it will still be led astray and so that's kind of the 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 negative side of the pageantry that's can sometimes come into religion so i think there's both there's pretenders who hijack religion uh i i personally believe this is like what joel olstein is uh who's like a prosperity gospel preacher uh maybe i'm wrong about that but i have seen enough sermons to think that uh, he, he, does, he, he doesn't he doesn't he's to
0: do kind of come gospel. out and said that he won't talk about sin yes because people don't want to hear that yeah yeah that's essentially yeah he, so that's he's, part of
2: his script or whatever sorry if you're listening at home (laughs) scene, but to to be honest with you you got to find somewhere else to watch your church I don't know uh so so, but that might be listening (laughs) hey could be. Joel come on the podcast I'd love to have a conversation yeah that'd be great actually
3: yeah I mean and that might just be the flip side of saying like pageantry and stories work yes since they work they can work good or bad yeah Yeah. yeah exactly
0: yeah all right. Well, that looks like a good place to ram. So this has been a production of the Gordon Institute here at Ottawa University. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Five-star rating helps other people find us. And uh, please forward this along to your friends and family that might be interested in it. Other than that, be fruitful and multiply. Thanks.